0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Glory to God. So we're going to be talking about going to another level. Somebody say, power with God, God. favor with men. Dr. James Dobson tells a story, uh, it's an amusing story, which illustrates a common tendency and uh, proclivity. Uh, A certain medical student felt that he could simplistically and single-handedly take on a mental patient who had certain delusions by logically setting everything straight in his mind. You see, this patient thought he was dead. The aspiring doctor believed that all he needed to do was rationally prove to this man that he could not be dead. Sitting down beside this man, the intern asked if dead people could bleed. The patient said uh, that he was certain that they could not. The intern then pricked the man's finger and triumphantly asked him, what do you think now that blood has appeared? Well, the patient said, I'll be. Dead people can bleed after all. (laughs) See, some of y'all, when you get out there in the car today, (laughs) it's going to hit you. And you're going to say, my, my, that, that made a whole lot of sense. So since it don't make sense right now, write this down. Preconceived ideas and philosophies are sometimes very difficult to be released from, even in spite of undeniable facts. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, what I mean by this is that sometimes when people believe something, it's hard to give them truth. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, sometimes you've been in places where you've been so caught up in tradition when you hear truth, you don't even accept it. That's what I mean. Sometimes, even though you have undeniable facts, it was a fact that this man was alive, but he chose to believe he was still dead. I wonder how many people that are sitting in churches today don't even capitalize on the truth of God's words because they're so stuck in tradition. See, that was one of the things that Jesus really despised the Pharisees about is because they held the traditions of men above the commands of God. And some of you sitting right here are doing that today. You hold your own little traditions above the commands of God. Sometimes you pray something and you put yourself under your own law. God is not subject to your law. And we'll pray something and we'll say, well, God, I'm going to fast for 30 days. I'm going to fast for 30 days and I know you're going to move. But well, God is looking at you like, well, I thank, I thank you that you're fasting. But that don't prove that God is going to move. But out of your obedience, God will move. But the timing is all God. Somebody says all his timing. See, we might not ever be able to comprehend why God would take a lion man like Abraham and call him to be a father of many nations. See, we, sometimes we cannot comprehend the things of God. We may not be able to wrap our hands around the reason God would take a murderer like Moses. And use Moses to deliver his people from tyranny. I may not be able to understand that. See, we might not ever be able to understand why God would take a prostitute named Rahab. And position this prostitute to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. A prostitute had purpose. So in other words, Rahab was a prostitute who married Salmon. They had a child. Guess what his name was? Boaz. Boaz married Ruth. They had a child. They had a child named Obed. Obed had a child named Jesse. Jesse had a child named David. And 28 generations later, Jesus Christ was born. Why would God do such a thing? Use people that should have been cast out. Why would God do something like that? He took these people to a whole new level. How can a prostitute be included in the purposes of God? We may not quite understand why God would take a Christian terrorist like Saul. That brother was a terrorist. He was killing Christians. They were running. Come on. The disciples was hiding. That's why. Get get down. That's a Jehovah's Witness. They were terrified of Apostle Paul. Of, of, I'm sorry, of Saul. Uh-huh. Yeah. But God took this Christian, this Christian terrorist, uh-huh. and He used this man. He converted this man. He transformed this man, and this man wrote 14 books of the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Now I brought all of this out to say that you may have done some things in your life, yeah. Oh, yeah, but God look beyond your faults to see your destiny. And sometimes we get so caught up in the problem, you don't even see your purpose. So God says, I can take you, but there's some breaking that I got to do. Because if I don't do the breaking, you won't have the fortitude to operate in the principles that I want you to operate in. Because if you're not broken, then you're going to think that that purpose was brought about because of what you did, not because of what he did. Somebody say amen. I don't believe that we will ever fully grasp the spiritual reality of the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood has power to transform our lives. It has power to take some, a drug dealer... And turn him into something better. That's the redemptive power of God. That's the same power. That's the same blood that we appropriated on our lives. But I believe sometimes after the initial point of being saved, at some point you get stagnant. You don't talk about God anymore. You don't don't worship him like you used to. You don't experience a move of God like you used to because now you've been saved for 20 years, but you stale. Now you know two or three scriptures and you think you know everything about God. There are some people who don't go to church today because they think they know more than the pastor. Arrogant something. And I guarantee you, they are operating in some kind of tradition that they don't even know that they're operating in. But then they want to blame everybody else for their dysfunction. Because the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. And if you forsake it, that means you're going against God. And so the very person that says, I can have bedside baptists, I can be at church, I can be, have church at home. Uh-oh. Well, wait a minute. Then you're defying what God says. I You come to church not just for the pastor. You come to church so that you can get to know the people in the church. You can build peripheral relationships. You can understand that I need you. I got to have you in my life. Amen. I need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody that I can call when I feel my worst. Amen. That's what the church is here for. And when we forsake it just because you think you know so much, then I got a question for you. Why aren't you pastoring? And if you did, how many people do you think will follow you? If you think this job is easy, I'll freely give it up for anybody in this room right now. Because there's nothing easy about this job that I can preach 2,500 messages and somebody take one thing out of one message and blow it out of Proportion. That's what they do. And if you don't watch it, you'll be doing the same thing. Amen? Amen. So, so, so listen, we're talking about going to another level, but we can't even talk about going to another level until we understand this redemptive power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So, so I need you to do something for me here. I, I want to I talk about Jacob a little bit, and then we're going to get right into the crux of the message, then we're going to eat. Is that all right? All right, good. So I want to talk about there were four stages in Jacob's life. Four. Somebody say four. Four. We're going to talk about those four stages and then then we're going to get into the crux of the message. So but you got to understand Jacob first. So there were four stages in Jacob's life. So the first stage was Jacob lives up to his name. Jacob lives up to his name. You got to understand this. His name means actually literally his name means the one who grabs the heels. Figuratively, it means a deceiver, um, a schemer, um, a conniver, right? So that's what his name means. Figuratively, he's he's the one who deceives. Now, Jacob and Esau were twins in Rebekah's womb. But when Rebekah got ready to, to give birth to those twins, Esau came out first. Jacob grabbed the ankles of Esau, and then he came out on the ankles of his brother. Are you you seeing that? So he grabbed the ankles of his brother, and then later on, he grabbed the birthright of his brother, and then later on, he grabbed his brother's blessing. Jacob liked grabbing things (laughs) (laughs) uh, that he thought he wanted and he thought he deserved. The second stage of Jacob's life is Jacob experienced life from the other side. See, later on, Jacob ran into somebody just like him. He ran into his uncle Laban. Laban also was a deceiver and a manipulator. Uh, Jacob liked both of Laban's daughters. (laughs) They both was nice, but it was one in particular. He really had an infinity, to, and that's the one he wanted. So he was willing to work for a multiplicity of years. Boy, if you're willing to work several years for a woman, (laughs) she had to be fine. (laughs) So he worked for one woman, but when it came time for Laban to give him that one woman, he gave him the other woman that was less desirable, named Leah. Uh, The Bible said, Leah had slow eyes. (laughs) I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Now, I'm assuming (laughs) I'm assuming that when you looked at her you you had to figure out which eye was Now listen, if there's somebody in here that's I look. Oh. <laughs> if there's somebody in here, please forgive me. I don't mean to poke. Please. <laughs> if you got a wandering eye, I'm sorry. I'm just All right, let's move on. Y'all getting me in trouble. So 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 check this out. This is something something interesting about Jacob. Jacob took Leah in his tent, laid with her all night. Laid, y'all know what laid means. I don't have to say it right. The grown folk know what that's what we do when you're married. If you're doing it and you ain't married, you're sinning. And let me give you a better word. It's called fornication. Sex outside marriage is fornication. God called it fornication. still fornication, be fornication when we raise up with him. <laughs> it ain't going to change. Amen? Amen? So if you're doing it, stop it. Repent and move on. Stop doing it. Get married. Amen. Now, why are y'all looking at me like that? Like you ain't never been in this church before. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. Let me give you the politically correct way to say it. It's, it's cohabitating. In Mobile, Alabama, we call it shacking. So, y'all all right? So, Jacob laid with this woman, and the Bible says, he, in, in the morning, he said, Oh, it's Leah. Wait a minute. How do you lay down all night with a woman, and you never look the woman in the face? That brother was like, he was surprised that it was Leah. Wait a minute, bro. You've been with this woman all night long, and you ain't even looked the woman in the face. The light was Oh, the light was out. That brother was playing Teddy Pendergrass. Turn off the light. So that's a story for men. I got a a message for men about that one. But I just thought that that was a, a shocker that now the deceiver is being deceived. Let me give you the third stage. Jacob has a new role as a grabber. See, before, Jacob grabbed everything in the natural that he thought was his, but then something had to change in his life, and Jacob stopped grabbing the heels of man and started grabbing the heels of God. The fourth stage. The fourth stage, Jacob was grabbed by God. So notice, Jacob grabbed God, and God grabbed Jacob. Mm-hmm. So so particularly, I want to talk about that third stage in his life, because that's the stage where Jacob had an encounter with God. See, that was the climax of Jacob's life. Now, let me see if I can tie this in. I just gave you a, a whole story, but let me tie it all in. Jacob was the master of deceiving people. You would come around Jacob. Some of you might know some people like that. And, and, you know, you might have some family members. I got some family members. As soon as I see them walking up, I grab my wallet. Let me hug your neck. Come here, boy. I'm grabbing on, because you just don't know. You, you leave and your wallet is gone, right? Just somebody, people just do that, right? Or, or you got a family member, and you know they're going to ask you for some money. Every time you see them, you know they're going to ask you for some money. When you see them coming, you go, Lord. <laughs> now, now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm a Christian. I love God. I just hate when somebody keep begging Especially as a family member, they keep begging all the time. And you don't see them trying to do better in their lives. And they keep making the same old bad choices and the same old bad decisions. Listen, I'm not going to support your bad habits. That's just with somebody on the street that I meet. No, I'm not giving you any money. And if you're hungry, you can walk with me. I will buy you some food. And you can sit here and eat this food and tell me your story. I'm just not going to give you any money. I work hard for my money. Now, 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 they might be on the streets because of some bad situations and circumstances that hit their lives, but I'm not responsible for people who are on the streets. I'm responsible for my choices. Amen. Amen. And when they come, I want to help them. My heart bleeds for them, but I'm still smart about how I want to bless people with my money because there's some professional beggars, and they got a whole story. It is an articulate story, too. Soon as they start, I go, look, bro, listen, 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 stop. Bottom line, just tell me what you need. I don't even want to hear your story because I know he's a professional. You know him because they, they tell the exact same story every time they go to somebody. My car broke down. I had $20, and all I need is $10 to get over here, and then if you can just give me $10, and da-da-da-da-da, you know, and I was like, all you need is $10? Really, you're on the streets and all you need is ten dollars. Ten. You 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 on the streets and you need ten dollars. Ten dollars. That's it? Ten. You can't even get a hotel room with ten dollars. Can't get a shelter. I mean, come on. So 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 listen, be be smart people. Jesus said it like this to, the, to, the, <laughs> to his disciples. He said, you're always going to have the poor. they always going to be among you, but you need to be wise, thanks yes. of God. Yes, God told us to help those that are without. Yes, we are going to do that as a church. But as an individual, please keep your senses about yourself and be careful. There are some places you don't need to be going. Okay, I don't even know how I got on all of that. But anyway... So Jacob was this kind of guy that if you hugged you, you better grab your purse. Right? So Jacob was a schemer. That's what he knew. He knew how to scheme. He knew, he knew how to have a Ponzi. You know, he knew how to get things out of people. So the first thing that Jacob did... He stole his brother's birthright because his brother was was hunting. He came in. He was hungry. He had a pot of beans. That must have been some good beans. And so, so, so Jacob said, listen, I'll give you some of my, my lentils, my beans, if you give me your birthright. And so his brother Esau said, sure, you can have my birthright. Now, remember, I told you Esau was born first. So in other words, that, you, that may not mean much in our society today. But back then, that had great significance because if you were the oldest son, you inherited everything from the father. And so that's what he gave up. He gave up his inheritance for his inheritance for a pot of beans. So in other words, he gave up what was godly for something in the natural. So he gave it up because of his appetite. And so he wanted to feed his fleshly appetite. So he was willing to give up something spiritual for something in the natural. And then later on, when um, we knew that Esau was going to fix his favorite meal for his daddy, Isaac, uh, his mama heard him, uh, Jacob's mother heard him and said, look, um, you might want to go on in there and fake like you Esau. So Esau was hairy. And so what Jacob did, he, he cut off a piece of skin of a goat. Put it up on his neck because he knew his daddy was going to feel for that hair. Hey, I'm just giving you all the story, but it's, 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 it's the quick version, okay? Y'all got so much I'm missing here, so you got to go back and read the whole story. And so, so when he went in, his mama fixed the food because he couldn't cook. His mama fixed the food, and so he brought the food into Esau. Esau was on his last leg. He was about to die. And so that's when Esau, that's when they know, okay, daddy's getting ready to put the blessing. That's when he leaves the generational blessing. So Jacob goes in disguised and smelling like his brother Esau, fed his daddy, and Isaac said, is that you, my son, Isaac? I mean, that you, my son, Esau? And he said, it's Esau. That's what Jacob said. It is Esau. So, in other words, he lied to his daddy. Mm-hmm. So, so, listen, so he disguised himself to look like his brother so he can receive a blessing from the father, and you got people in the church today disguising themselves to look like a brother to steal a blessing from the father. That's all right. You don't have to clap. It's okay. It's It's true anyway. It's true anyway. And so that's what was going on because now this brother grabbed him by the heels, grabbed his birthright, grabbed his blessing because Isaac put the blessing on Jacob and not on Esau. And so Esau said, I'm going to kill him. Mm -hmm. So now Jacob runs to his uncle Laban's house. Because his brother Esau is back at the crib saying, nah, let me get ghetto. Back at the crib saying, listen, I'm I'm gonna take him out. He took my birthright, he took my blessing, the brother been grabbing on me since we were born. So now Jacob is over here with Laban, messing with these women. So he he got one after seven years, it wasn't the right one. He said, I'll work another seven years to get the right one. So the bro- but that girl must have shown up been fine. That brother was willing to work 14 years for this hardy. Amen. And so so he said I'll be willing to work another 14 years. So after the 14 years was up, now Jacob got all of these children and goats and and all this stuff now. And so now he's about to run into his brother Esau after a multiplicity of years. It's probably more than 14 years. I couldn't find the specific amount of years, but it was more than 14 years. So now he's getting ready to see his brother Esau and the last encounter he had with Esau, Esau told him he was going to kill him. And so now he sends a message to Esau. Esau says, oh, that's my brother Jacob. We're going to come to meet him. But he's bringing 400 men with him. Now, you can imagine Jacob is not too happy. Jacob in Jacob's mind. This brother is not only going to kill me, he's going to take my women. He shouldn't have two or three wives anyway. He's going to take my children and my children. He's going to take my my lambs, my goats, everything that I own, and and he's going to kill me. So that's what Jacob was thinking about. But Jacob knew that he couldn't meet his brother in the same condition he was in. The last time he had an encounter with his brother, he had to change. And in order for him to go higher, he had to go low. So, so, I want to set that up because now we got to see several attributes we need to achieve before we can go to another level. Uh, let's go back to, verse, uh, to chapter 32, verses 1 and 2. I'm sorry, verse 22. I'm sorry. 32, 22. The Bible says, and he arose that night and took his two wives and his. Is this making sense at all to everybody? Okay, praise God. He, he arose that night and took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Yobach. And he took them and sent them over to Brook. And he sent them over, verse 24 uh, says, and then Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him. See, the first attribute you need to see here and learn is this. You cannot go to another level full of yourself. You cannot go to another level full of yourself. See, one thing that's interesting about the word yabak, if you look up that word in the Hebrew, it means to pour out or to empty out. So what we really need to understand is that when we get along with God, (laughs) that is the time God is trying to empty out some things that does not represent him. This is why it's sometimes hard for people to worship. Because if you're full of something, (laughs) if it was all adults in here, I'll say another word. (laughs) And I'm sure it's a word everybody here has heard before. You might have used it last week. When you're full of bull. Dong, (laughs) bull, dong, (laughs) feces. (laughs) When you're full of that and you don't do this, God can't empty you. Why? Because this means surrender, it means. To yield. This is, I, I served in the military. It doesn't matter where you fight, what land you're on, or what language you speak. This right here is a universal sign of surrender. I can be in Russia and not speak one word of Russian. But when I lift my hands, that is surrender. That did not come from man. That came from God. God wants us to surrender. And the reason he wants us to surrender is because he's trying to empty something out of us. Everybody, Jacob, America, and each person sitting in this room has got to come to your ford of Yabak. You have got to come to the place where God can empty out All of the self-righteousness, all of the sin, all of the disobedience, all of the unbelief, all of the depression, all of the fault finding that we have in the church, all of the judgmentalism, that takes place at the ford of your box. And you know it will not take place until you are alone. When you get alone with God is when he starts to empty you out. if you don't have a personal private time with God and you say you want to go to another level, I declare to you, it will never happen because you are unwilling to yield. Jacob had to be changed. And the only way Jacob, the con artist, The deceiver, the schemer, the one who grabs the heel could be changed Is he had to have an encounter with God. And people today are saying, God, I want you and I want this and I see that person got that. Oh, they got a great anointing on their life. But you may not understand that the level of the anointing that you see in the public is conducive to the level of the private time alone in private. And so what you see in the public don't even compare to the amount of intimacy that person had to spend in private when you didn't see him. And you might say, oh, I wish I had that platform, but you may not be ready for the personal time. Am I talking to somebody in this room? Somebody said they want to go to another level. I'm just saying. This personal private time is going to be key. And, and, and listen, I ain't trying to preach to anybody here. I'm just giving you some words. Amen? Listen, I'm having a conversation with you. So let me give you what John said over there in John 3, chapter, 30, chapter 3, verse 30. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's a very simple prayer. So in other words, you have to come to your forward of your box so God can empty you out. But he can't empty you until you yield. You have to be willing to yield so God can empty you out. Amen? So you cannot go to another level full of yourself. Somebody raise your hand and say right now. Say, Lord, deliver me from myself. myself. Mm -hmm. Let's read verse 25. Verse 25 says, Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with God. So here's number two, something we got to learn. You cannot go to another level until something in you has been broken by the hand of God. Now this is the one that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But God had to disable Jacob by dislocating something in his life. Let me say that one more time. God had to disable Jacob by dislocating something in his All right, let me say it again. I want to make sure you get this. God had to disable Jacob by dislocating something in his life. God wants to bless us, but unfortunately, saints of God, if we're going to go to another level, it's going to require, I, I don't like it myself, but I'm living it, but it's going to require a certain level of brokenness because it can't promote you the way you are. Now, some of you might say, well, I'm good. I read the Word. I, I go to church and, and everything. So let's, let's do an honest assessment here, okay, because this is all about you and God. Let's just let's do an honest assessment. Are you really where you want to be in God right now? I mean, you got to be honest, right? Because when that question came to me, I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not on the reading level like I should be. I'm not on the praying level like I should be. I'm not on the worship level like I should be. I'm not on the level of spending that intimate time alone with God like I should be. And I'm just being honest with you. And so God... God has to get you to a place of brokenness so that you can see you ain't so suchy much. That's an old word. I know y'all probably not heard that unless you're from Wilson. (laughs) I had to mess with your hometown, bro. If you're from Wilson, you know you ain't so suchy much. How many of y'all ever heard that old? That's an old, y'all. See, I'm just showing my countryness. My bad. Y'all from the city. Y'all never heard that. I'm sorry. And so what that means is you ain't all that in a bag of chips. That's what that means. Translation. That's translation. <laughs> Amen? So, so, but listen, but when you get broken, that's when you can look back and go, man, I really needed that. Right? Nobody likes to be broken. But it's necessary. If Jesus had to be broken. One thing about the anointing is the anointing is inside of an olive bear. But the only way you can get the anointing out of the olive berry is it had to be crushed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nobody likes to be broke. But I'm here to tell you right now, it's through your brokenness. It's where the anointing is released. And if you just go through it, yield it over to God, mm. God will crush you in the right places yes, because he knows where the oil is coming from. Can somebody say amen? amen? Going to another level may mean you got to be broken. And because I'm right in the middle of it right now, it's tender to my heart. And I just truly believe, I'm crazy enough to believe that God is going to use the people in this church to do some amazing things. Amen. I believe it with all of my heart. That you're going to do some absolutely incredible things in your lifetime. Let me tell you something, Grandma. God is not done with you yet. There are some more things that God is going to show you to do in California. He's not done yet. And if he's not done yet, there's more for you to do, saints of God. Because I believe in you. With all of my heart, but I also believe that God wants to take you to a new level. I also believe you want to go to a new level, but I also know that it's going to take some brokenness. Yes. I read you that prophecy, and the prophecy said that sometimes the turmoil that you're going through is not the enemy. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to read that prophecy, because it lines up with what the Word of God is saying to you, that sometimes it's God. He's trying to make sure you understand what it takes to be intimate with him. Yes, I, I, people don't want to go. Through, listen, I didn't want to have to go through cancer. I didn't want to have to go through all that radiation, being away from my family. But during that experience, God was able to break me so that I can have that intimate time with him. And through that experience, trust him to heal my body while I didn't feel like I had faith. You may have a similar story of something that you're going through right now. For you, it may not be an experience in your body. For you, it may be a situation that you